professional. Hello and welcome to the Dork Forest live at the Nerd Melt. Let's clap it up for that. Yeah, the Nerd Melt. Pretty awesome. Now here's the scoop, people. Uh, we know that Patrick Brady will fix this audio. Uh, they're going to do the credits. going to run through them. JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com. Uh, Zach is uh, going to fix the audio right here at the Nerd Melt. Very exciting. And, uh, and Patrick Brady will fix it once in post. And then Vilmos fixes my website. And Mike Rickberg and Sarah Cohen just sang that song you heard. And Mike Rickberg sings at the end. He sings the Mexican hat dance. Uh, Mexican hat dance uh, fan t-shirts were made. Kind of exciting by a woman named Leanne. And your gesture, madam, uh, makes you get one. And then, uh, there you go, I have that one. I don't know, there's two of them. You have one, I think. Anyway, so, good times. Here's the scoop. It's an exciting, it's an exciting day uh, in the world of the Dork Forest. Uh, I brought t-shirts if you guys want them after, and if you don't, uh, I'm unmoved. It's all good. Don't worry about it. And if you didn't get a magnet, uh, I'll get you a, a free fridge mag. Because who doesn't want a free fridge mag? Right now, my guest for this uh, live, the nerd, uh, the Dork Forest, is Mr. Greg Fitzsimmons. Let's bring him on. iPad and everything. It's uh, yeah, and then there's your bottle of water, mm. and, and, and there's your your phallic uh, pointy thing right at your face. The microphone. The microphone. Yes. yes, but it's it's got these fancy mic stand holders. It's Mary Birdsong and I talked about it last episode, uh, where there's a lot of. Um, what a phallic. Probably doesn't happen to you very much where there's a giant phallic thing sticking right in your face. No, I usually, I have an apricot-shaped microphone that I strap over my face. It's just better acoustics. I deserve that. I think that we all agree that I deserve uh, that sort of... Okay, so Greg Fitzsimmons... Um, GregFitzsimmons.com? Is that where people can it go? It is. Yeah, that's where people should go. Howard Stern, you do it a lot. You have your own podcast, The Fitz Dog. Is that Fitz correct? Fitz Dog Radio. Fitz Dog Radio. Uh, good times. People who love a podcast, knock yourselves out. And um, <laughs> and then stand-up comedy. You always That's my favorite thing that you do is the stand-up comedy because I love to watch uh, you do the stand-up comedy. Thank you very much. You, you're what I like to call funny in a row. Funny in a row. That's my favorite kind of comedy. What does that mean? That means you're funny over, like, there's a joke and then there's a time to laugh and then you tell another one and then you laugh again I don't know if you've ever seen these comics who tell a joke and then there's not a lot of laughter but then three or four later there's a joke that works and then so you're funny. the other ones so you, you, you tell a winner then oh. you take a victory lap or two right, right. talk amongst yourselves kind of thing sure yeah there's a guy that uh, his really funny name of Ross Broccoli Broccoli and, yeah All right. he grew up on a farm in Nebraska but that actually was his name wow. is his name he's still alive moved back to the farm and uh, he would do these all. He would do like the original alternative night in New York, and he had a stool and and scotch, and he'd tell a joke, and if it worked, he'd literally walk around the stage until the room was completely dead again. <laughs> then he'd tell another one. And wow, walk what a dick! I kind of love him. People loved. Did it. they love it? They loved it because it was almost like. Um, you know when you listen to like a Moody Blues song? Can you imagine seeing them in concert where suddenly like there's a song that just breaks down the whole 
structure and beat and just goes, we're going to go into outer space for a little while. <laughs> and, and yet the audience is still waiting for you. You know, you're right. going to do like this crazy like synthesizer. Oh, right, right. The sort of the drum solo, essentially. Without the beat. Without the beat. And it's a synthesizer. Yes. But yeah. All right. I, yeah. I, again, music is my life, uh, Greg Fitzsimmons. <laughs> and let's talk about Because when I asked, when I said, what are your dorkdoms? What do you like to do? And you said, well, I have a laminate from every show that I've ever been to. Yeah. And, uh, These are shows that you were in, though. Is that what I'm... Or been what the hell is a laminate? Every is the thing attached to the lanyard? A laminate. What's a lanyard? All right. <laughs> Maybe we're from it's different parts of the country. The necklace thing that you'd have around, and then there's, there's plastic things you clip on with a clippy thing? Well, the clippy thing is, uh, I think we both know what that is. That's a clippy thing. But the lanyard and the laminate may, in fact, be the same thing. A the laminate lan- is something that's been laminated. Right, and the lanyard is a necklace. Oh, so the lanyard uses the clippy thing to hold on to the laminate. Right on. Yeah. So the let. There you go. Around <laughs> I love you people. I love this sort of acceptance. So yes. every so I saved all the concert tickets from when I was a teenager, and then okay. as I got older and I started to uh, do stand-up comedy, I started to save any any time I was allowed backstage at at a performance. Right. I would just save the the thing, and I have like a. Bundle. This is giant bundle with the with the lanyards on them still. Do you have a wicket, uh, like like a wick? Because it sounds like a fire trap. What are you doing? I have a I have a lamp in my office that has four different lights hanging off of it, and each one is sagging with the weight of lanyard oh. laminate combination. All right. Yes. All right. What's a favorite? Hmm? Oh, it's a little hoardery? It feels a little hoardery? It's actually the only thing I hoard. Stand-up comedy albums from when I was younger. Okay. I have boxes of those. Who? Name it. Everybody. Everything, uh, everyone Bob ever Bob Newhart. Said. All of them. Mort Soul. Yes. Uh, Lenny Bruce. Yes. All right. I do stand-up comedy. I don't know. Those, those are the three you I know. You didn't say Jackie Cation. I did. You don't have the Jackie Cation library, You never put you? it out on vinyl. That's why. Oh, you'll do vinyl. It's the only reason that I didn't go out and get it. Uh, 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 Dick Gregory. Yes. You have Dick Gregory. Two Dick Gregories. You two. have two Dick Gregory albums. <coughs> Now, what is, uh, a fun, yes. what is a fun fact you know about Dick Gregory? Dick Gregory is uh, performing now. He goes up in uh, Marin County in San Francisco, and he stops into this show on Tuesday nights. And Dick Gregory does the Throckmorton up in Marin County? Up, up Not in, the Throckmorton, no. It's um, Mark Pitta's thing? He Mark Pitta's thing. It is. That's the Throckmorton is that what it's in, uh, in Mill Valley. Mill Valley. Yes. Mill Valley, which looks like the set of Gilmore Girls. And um, the only melanin that's occurring in that town has been adopted. <laughs> there are no people of color unless they're working or they've been adopted. I wish I could adopt melanin, but for myself. You are pale. You're a yes, pale man. I am. So, um, so have you seen Dick Gregory perform live? Is that what you're I telling me? I have not, me? but I'm, I'm supposed to be going up there, and I was promised a meeting with Dick Gregory if I were to go. Promised. Well, it's it's I a, like it. It's a lure. To it get is you to go all the I way got to there. meet Mort Saul, Dana Carvey, and Robin Williams. Probably an attainable goal for a gentleman at your level. Uh, but uh, have you met any of those gentlemen? Those, uh, all those of them. Yeah, of course. course you well, have. I, you course know, you at have. their at their album signings. Really? Yeah, I actually go to the signing of each album that I collect. Okay, you're kind of rem- all right. <laughs> I fly around the country constantly and back through time. And back through time and find people and find people. Ed, Who don't you have that you like if you had a dream sequence where you could just go back in time and go Bob Hope. Do you have a Bob Hope album? 
Do I? I don't know. I have books. I have Bob Hope books because when I first, uh, when I was probably like uh, 10 or 11, my my father really loved Bob Hope, and there were books that he wrote that I would read. Okay. And, and they were like uh, my first introduction to comedy. I think on the page was uh, reading this Bob Hope book and Irma Bombeck. Oh yeah. Who you're a modern day Irma Bombeck, by the way. Do you find me to be an, a modern day Irma Bombeck? If life is a bowl of cherries, why am I always in the pits? Does that not sound like a, a, a Jackie Cation CD? All right. I don't mind that. I'll take half that in cash. Is that all right? Is that so? The other half in cherries? <laughs> the half in cherries. The other half I in, think the, the in one, not having Irma Bombex. The one that I really wanted is uh, the 2,000-year-old man. I have, I have the original box set, and it's Ooh. still in the wrapping. And I got it when I was probably about 15. And you never opened it? Never opened it. I have, I have, you have a separate. I have all the records separately. Okay. And then uh, Mel Brooks uh, moved to my neighborhood. What? Yes. For reals? Like well, here in Los Angeles? Well, his son did, and then built, sort of turned the guest house into something for his father. Right, right. So he's in the neighborhood. All, I see him walking past my house all the time. Mel Brooks just walking around. Walking like around. Do you know that I went and saw Mel Brooks and Dick Cavett uh, interview each other for Dick Cavett's... Oh, I heard uh, about that a and couple years ago. Carl Reiner was in the audience, and they did the 2,000-year-old man back and forth. It was Fucking amazing! It was over at the Wiltern, I think. They so still nailed it. Uh, they nailed it. They com- oh, they all nailed it. It was yeah. it was it was easily one of the finest evenings of my life. Wow. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Do you have any Dick Cavett albums? I just got the complete uh, DVD set of him interviewing. There's, there's the rock stars. There's uh, oh the DVDs of the shows. Yes. Oh, oh, I have all of those. Yeah, Aren't those they are amazing. Awesome. They're amazing. If you get a chance, people, uh, they have them on Netflix. I don't think they're on streaming, but they have the discs. And what it is is Dick Cavett will interview people, and it's the most eclectic group of people you've ever. Seen. It'll, it'll be like Sly from Sly and the Family Stone. Uh, a congressman, his Native American wife, who mm-hmm. founded AIM, the American Indian Movement, and William um, F. Buckley, William, yeah, uh, Truman Capote, yeah, I mean, just people, and they will sit there for like an hour and a half, and you're like, mm, too long. Anyway, but it's it gets a little long, but they cut it down for it's like a, nice, like certain podcasts, a little bit, yeah. That's why we like to keep this one tight, one hour, one hour, tight. So have you always quicker? To, how do you how do you listen? You don't feel. You don't feel like you're ever going to co-opt anybody else's material or timing or any of that by listening to a lot of comedy? Well, I mean, you know you're a thief when. <laughs> uh, um, no, you know, I did I that know. early on. I think every comic sort of like, you, whoever you like the most, you sort of sound like for a while. For a little bit when you first start. Yeah. yeah. So can... once you go through that and you realize you're doing it and you stop, oh, right. then I think, I don't know, then you get paranoid that you never want to do right. that again. So I was David Tell for about a year and a half. Oh, were you? Yeah. Oh, there you go. And it was really good. I killed much more than I do now. <laughs> And uh, so, no, I think I love what I I think I had Pardo. It was really Pardo's. Yeah, it was Pardo. It was a little bit of Pardo, a little bit of Dana Gould. A little bit of Pardo is a lot of Pardo. Well, yeah, yeah, Pardo goes a long way. Because he's big. Oh, he's huge. His style is huge. That guy, nobody nobody uh, takes a stage like Jimmy Pardo. If you get a chance, people, he is the Johnny Carson of our generation. Well, I mean, Johnny is... He owns that stage like nobody's business. Yeah, Pardo absolutely. Does. And uh, he's got a class about him that you don't find. No. Like, he genuinely is, like, a classy guy. He has, like, morals. Right, right. It's Nebraska. You talking about Carson or you talking about Pardo? I'll take either one of them. All right. Yeah, Pardo's got that Illinois. 
He's got that Illinois politics. He's a little greasy. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, uh, you know, he won't fart in front of his wife. She can't fart in front of him. He won't say the word. He actually makes him angry when you say even the word fart. What if I did the sign language? <laughs> with your asshole? Nope, with my hand. Oh, with your hand. That's how I know the sign for farting because I once uh, did a show where there was a sign language person next to me. And you, when you have a sign language person who has to say everything you say, how can you not say fart? How can you not? I'm not made of stone. I am not some sort of, you know, automaton. I will say the word fart. Automaton. Oh, yeah. How do you sign that? I don't know how to sign. Uh, I had a sign woman on stage recently, and I, I was doing a joke about licking an ice cream cone, and I happened to notice her put her fist up to her face and start... Right. Clicking her tongue through the air. Right. And I then did about 15 other references to licking an ice cream cone because, because it was getting it was laughter. <laughs> and like when you're tickling a baby, if you get a laugh, you just keep. I did, did, did. I kept saying, lick the ice cream cone, lick the ice cream cone. And they kept laughing. And this poor woman who's, you know, probably a really caring individual that she got into signing in the first place. And now she's miming a blowjob in front of oh, yeah. a benefit. This is a sure. benefit. Which one? Which benefit? What was, it was the benefit for? for? Uh, who is this for? Was it for the deaf? Ben and Jerry's. Uh, ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> yeah, it was for lactose intolerant people. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. They need a lot so of it help. It was especially painful <laughs> for her. What, uh, so speaking of benefits, I want to ask you about... you. Two years? Was it just two years you hosted the Porn Awards? How is that a benefit? Um, it's an award ceremony. It's a, it's a large gathering of people that you don't usually, uh, that sometimes you can get screwed out of money. Is that something? I did not get screwed out of money. No, no, you stand up for yourself. Absolutely. That's something I've always known about you. How did it's you know a, that? Because you told me once. I always stand up for myself. That's what you said. You said you were punching me. me in the face. And so, well, I am no bully. That's right. And I will not be bullied into seeing the movie Bully. Anyway, so what, uh, but you hosted the freaking porn awards. Yeah. And what I found amazing about you hosting the porn awards is that you told me that you got porned in the mail as like, Every so day, for your consideration. Yeah, because there's, uh, you know, there's very few people that, um, you know, can help their careers, and they're all going to be in the room that night. You know, okay. there's, there's like, you know, four or five major production companies, and and so there's seven thousand people in the audience, and so if the host mentions a movie, it's huge. Oh, okay. Or mentions one of their stars. But when I say star, like. People working for a living naked. Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But but I mean like you can be. But aren't a, there stars? Aren't there porn stars? There are, but they they become contract people. Like anybody can just go do a scene for cash. You know, they get like seven eight hundred bucks. Okay. But then the the ones that um that are able to uh, stand out. Branding. It's all about branding. The ones who can brand themselves okay. will get a contract to do say twelve films a year and okay. they get paid a lot of money and then they're stars so everybody's trying to become that okay and then the uh production companies will sign somebody and then try to make them worth it so i guess they thought that if i watched the films i would talk about them right right but did you ever separate them out and go these are all ladies with big boobs these are all guys and animals what i mean did you did you did you and then go you know what i really like are asian that's the amazing thing about porn or google in general is that you don't <laughs> 
like I respect like when when I didn't know I had a fetish until they started sending me all these movies because I oh, would right. not have sat down and watched you know uh, overweight people or you know um, oh right because it's super specific sometimes they're really specific and so I found out I love Asian women's feet. Oh, that is very specific. You said that like, oh. No, no, oh. I am interested. No, it's crazy. Because some people love feet, and then some people love Asian women. And then uh, to put those two things together means I'm never touching your keyboard, obviously. But uh, it's fine. Uh, The... uh, it's not that I'm a freak for it, like I've never acted on it, but I right. enjoy a nice pair of. Uh, but who knew feet. that you liked it as I much didn't. until it showed up? Were they were they acting in a particularly moving scene? Like what what was their motivation? It was called Foot Soldiers. <laughs> I swear to God, and it turns out it was a series by Belladonna and. There's even even within. I can't even tell if that's real. I, I can't even tell if that's true. Yeah, that's Google totally it. true. Google it. I don't wanna, but okay. Uh, it will come up. I promise you. you Any number it. of things will. And um, even within the foot fetish world, I found there's people that like uh, stockings and even different types of stockings, like okay. uh, you know fishnet or nylons. Well, how, do, how does the foot fetish uh, world? How do, where do they stand about the slit toe, the tiny nail? Some people only have a tiny nail on their pinky. Pinky toe? It's a deal breaker for most of it's us. It's a deal breaker for most yeah. of you. Yeah. And I think uh, that's the well. Here's the problem. Asian you, you women. You want a don't, nice full nail. You want a full toe. You don't want to see that a woman has painted her pinky nail and it was one brush sideways, the like tiniest of all brushes. Yep. The t- like one little hair of one brush sideways, and that's your whole nail. That's. I think that's my pinky toe because I have I have what I've always called it a slit toe myself. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's racist, but uh, but the thing is, is I don't even know what that means. But the thing is, is is I I have a very small. Uh, uh, pinky toe, uh, toenail, and if this shows up on my fucking Wikipedia page, I will kill all of you. I will hunt you down like animals. There are guys that are into that. Like, you well, could do videos. It's, and have you ever Slip heard tocation. of... Slip-tocation. <laughs> yes, part of my rap tour. Um, and then what... Here's now. Here's a show that was on IFC for a while. According to my brother, uh, Russ Cation told me that there was uh, it was porn where they had cut. It was comedians had uh, some comic had cut all the porn out of the porn, and then it was just like 20 minutes. And it David Tell was it David Tell? David Tell's Dave's old porn on Showtime. Was that what it was? I did an episode of it. You sit there and you watch porn with Dave on a couch, which is awkward. Okay. And then they bring out the star. But these are old school stars, like from. The, the 70s, 70s and 80s. Right, right, pre-work. Pre-work Pre-lots and, you know, giant bushes and real boobs. And, right, right. Uh, hair. And, not, and hair. And it's film, so you don't see, like, today's porn. It's, like, digital. HD. You can see <laughs> every, HD, yeah. you know, every little yeah. imperfection. I once saw Morgan Fairchild in real life, and I thought it was someone who had had plastic surgery to look like Morgan Fairchild. And it was actually Morgan Fairchild. But does that negate that she's had plastic surgery? It was. She looked like a patchwork quilt of humanity. It was really a pity. Like one patch of her skin did not match the color of another, and it, there was like a line, like a Frankenstein line. It was yeah. there was trouble. Yeah, it was, it was at Aroma over in Studio City. You ever get a chance to get some coffee over in the Valley? Uh, she'll go there occasionally. Wasn't yeah. that always um, John Lovitz's thing, Morgan Fairchild? He did, I believe. He didn't. It was like a recurring theme for him was Morgan Fairchild. Do you have a John Lovitz album? Does he have an album? I don't know. Do you, Matt Bronger has vinyl. Do you have Matt Bronger's vinyl album? Never heard of him. Matt Bronger is, a, a, is one of the new uh, Young Turks of comedy. 
I'm Armenian, so I hate him. No, Young Turks, is that really like a genre? It's a a term, the Young Turks of comedy. Are they Turkish? No, they are not. Uh, They are a reference to the 1890s. Uh, Zach, Dana, anybody? And, uh, I feel Google so it. out of it. There I'll are young it. Turks of comedy, and it's I don't term. know them. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a term that's used. It's a, it's a different dorkdom. Don't worry about it. We'll okay. move forward. And uh, so, yeah. So, but the, the no, it, this is so you would sit on a couch and watch porn with yes. David Tell. Yes. But did you then show the porn to the American public? Yes. Well, as much as they could show. I mean, it's showtime, so they can show a fair amount. But this was a different. This was a different show. It, it, it where you took a porn like I Dream of Jeannie, ma- um, fake porn, yeah. And there would be a major Healy character, and so it would watch him and Jeannie walk up to a door, and then the door would slam, and then they would cut to smash cut to him zipping up his pants. Got it. And so all it was is like him coming off off of the bed, one door after another, him putting his pants on, him putting his shirt on, her putting her top. You know, it was just putting and, the cork back in the bottle right some sort of <laughs> god i hope so but that's the only one but it was an i dream of genie porn uh, yeah. knockoff and yeah i hate when they knock it off like that i mean porn it's just the literally the, you can do anything you want on porn there's no censors right nobody even cares what the story is and then to have to do a parody of an existing thing that to me that's just a sign of weakness on the writer's part oh yeah they're just not they're phoning it in it's they, just they're not phoning enough. it in because you could do something you could do something real you could do there could be like i always wanted them to take like two weeks notice like take any shitty like i would watch porn if it yeah. were a shitty romantic comedy mm. that then had fucking yes. i would do that yes. i would watch that yeah, it was yeah. just like really sandra bullock and hugh grant are really gonna i, I would watch that that yeah. would be something they would be quippy 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 and then yay there would be sex and i might watch that as long as they're not being quippy during the sex there needs to be a, a moratorium on speaking while there's oh, during going the, to be the sexual sex. yeah because that's that's a bummer is that true in real life, too? Have you always felt that, shh, while we're doing it? I would Is that possibly a little too personal? <laughs> I'm trying I'm to think if anybody there. ever tried to be funny. Usually if somebody tries to be funny during sex, it's covering something that you want covered. You know, somebody farts. Oh, okay. Like, say Jimmy Pardo was having sex with you. <laughs> And he farts. And he farted. He would cover that. No, but like, you know, if something really bad happens, a man loses an erection. The, uh. It's probably me. Cell phone is you know what's happening? Off. Is uh, the cell phone goes off on the regular podcast. They usually doesn't, we usually don't get that bonus here in the live podcast where my fucking cell phone goes off. It's nice, though. What is the tone that you use? Uh, it's a Nokia Go phone. It's a Go phone from Nokia. And that's the standard. Uh, yeah, I don't default. know how to change it. No, Bring it's twenty-one dollars. Uh, I put but, my SIM card into it and I called it a day. But, but you're sort of in the, the geek world, shouldn't you? Yeah, I got an iPad. That's what I. That's what I went with. In the case of a, of um, a captain's manual from the 18th century. <laughs> You can tell that I've dropped my iPad on any number of occasions. Yes. I am a gazelle, is what it is. I am not allowed to have nice things. And uh, so uh, this I drop all the time. And so, um, and it's also the shitty old iPad. It's the iPad 1, so it's over a year old, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, an how do you even pick it up? How do I even face it? It's, uh, yeah, my kid now wants us to get, he, my kid... I've derailed us. Fucking uh, mocks me for how we don't have the most recent iPad. And it really, like, I really feel like taking him to Bangladesh for a semester so he can wake the fuck up. Like, you know, he can't, he does not understand how out of touch he is to, oh, yeah. to, to make, like, to make, 
comments Here's the at thing. you. I am a dad, okay? I'm 46 years old, okay. and I really was a pretty troubled, fucked up person my whole life. Okay. And I didn't grow up in the, in the best your possible whole, way. You, you mean in your childhood? And yes. Like that? Okay. And so now that I've gotten older, I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't deserve to be treated like, you know, on a commercial where the, where the father, like, uh, you know, doesn't know how to turn on the DVD player and everybody goes, Dad. No. Fuck you and you and you. <laughs> you I, do not wish to be the butt of any joke because you are the dad? No. No. no? I'm not the butt. I fucking paid for everything. <laughs> I my wife doesn't work, which God bless her. Stay at home mom. We decided on that together. And you have like thirteen children. Don't I you? have thirteen children. Right. So that is a job in itself, don't you? Think? It's a lot of work. It's right. a lot of pressure. Right. And and you come home or, or how about this? How about this? Shut them. up, Jackie. Listen to me. <laughs> I took them to Hawaii on vacation. Okay. Okay. And then I didn't buy the digital photo for $25 of the luau. What's the markup on the $25 digital photo off the top of your head? A thousand percent. A thousand percent. And I'm not buying it. Nope. My son calls me a cheapskate. $8,000 trip to Hawaii. Cheapskate? Fuck face? Right, right. Do you think about burying him in the sand and pouring honey on his head? Have you thought about that? I swear to God, I, fu- I let them walk away, and I said, I'll get it. They walk away. I pulled out my iPhone, and I snapped a photo of the That's photo. That's it. I already right. scanned it into my phone. We'll show it as a, it'll, it'll be the, possibly the image for the podcast. Well, I'll tell you about the that photo. That might be a lot. <laughs> no, I got the photo. I got the photo. Yeah? You Picasso that right up? Here's Instagram. the problem. What'd you do? You... The wife goes, my wife goes over and stands next to the big dude in the grass skirt. He's 6'3", and he's Hawaiian, and he's got chiseled abs. And he puts his arm around my wife. Sure. And she's just looking up at him, and he's looking at me like, you know I could fuck your wife. <laughs> and then my kids stand next to my wife, and then they're, look, they're looking at him like, holy shit, like, you're a man. <laughs> That's what a man looks like. I, I, yes. See, comedians go through a lot of... There's a lot of torture in our lives because we don't look like uh, everyone else in Los Angeles. So but then, then yeah. the little Hawaiian girl stands next to me, right? And she has uh, coconut shells. For reals? For are they bra. real? The, or the coconut they... shells are. I mean, okay. how, how would you know how the breasts are under coconut shells? I wasn't asking about her breasts. I was talking about the coconut shells. Were they real coconut? It's fucking yeah. Hawaii. Right, right. But why the... would you? Why would? Yeah, you can we send off to China for some fake coconut shells? <laughs> Uh, it could have been done. Could have been done. I don't know if you've read Sarah Vowell's book about Hawaii, but it could have been done. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? It's possible. Anyway. So uh, they take the picture of our yeah. family. Pale, bald little me on the end with the beautiful Hawaiian girl. And I yeah. don't have my arm around her because I'm afraid to touch her. Okay. Because you think you're going to lose it? What's going to happen? I could lose it. So uh, they take the picture. Do and you then... lose your temper a lot? I do. Do you? Yes. There's some rage. There's a lot of rage. I Previous lose. episode, Mike Schmidt. Didn't mean to interrupt. Don't hit me. But here's the thing. Um, yeah, but sometimes rage is a dorkdom. I deal with it like... Um, How do you deal with it? I don't that well. I think stand-up is oh. probably the best way. You know, I think it's a great outlet. I think they're dragging a body upstairs here. Yeah, there seems to be doing some work above the... Uh, can you hear that? Can you hear that, Zach? Is it working out? A little bit? A little bit? Maybe Patrick can fix it in post. No, no, that's fine. It's a, I don't know, unless it gets super distracting. You think Anne Frank is still up there? I'm 
I really uh, work out. You know, I run a lot, and I play oh, you hockey. try to get the endorphins. I try to get it out with that, and then I try to just be. Um, I don't let things build. Like if I get angry at somebody, I just say it. Right. I went to uh, anger management for a while. Oh, did you? And you have to rewrite the script. That's the whole thing. Is that it? Uh, what do you do? Um, you got you need tools, right? They you always say you need tools. Yeah. To deal with your rage, a lot of people are not allowed to to have rage. And uh, uh, so, hmm, I disapprove of the pounding. Anyway, so uh, but the but here's here's what uh, here's what, and I've talked about it on the Dork Forest before. A lot of you people new new to the Dork Forest, but here's what I like to do. <laughs> yeah, Zach, why don't you go talk to him? Before, uh, they put a gold gym in just before the podcast started. Before, before I pull a shotgun out of my uh, out of my bag. Send me up. Send me and Schmidt up there. <laughs> you and Mike Schmidt. I'll clear it out. That would be funny if you just. Kept talking. I'll go upstairs, and I guarantee you, I will stop. The, that's the thing about me. I'm five foot eight, 150 pounds, and I never hesitate for a second that I will go into an altercation and come out of it having won it. And it's oh, really? illogical. That and is illogical. Thank God, most Cause, people. Because inside, you think you're six foot four. I don't understand how big I am. Wow. And because the anger, it's like a white. People who have this, it's like a switch, and things turn white. And then you just, luckily, most people are afraid because they think he must really, he must have a gun or he must right. really be fucking crazy. Right. To be, you got to bleed that off. That's what you're doing, right? You, you, you sort of, that's why you run and stuff. Yes, I try to bleed it off. And do you then, lose it on a, in, in a retail situation? Who do you lose it? Where yeah. do, you, do you lose it on loved ones, or do you? No, to... never once. Never yell at my kids. I don't hit my kids. Never hit my wife. <laughs> good, good. I want to. Sure, sure. I would love do, to do, hit do, my eleven-year-old. Do you ever want to self-destruct? Do you ever want to punch yourself in the face? Very much so. That's uh, that's something you shouldn't do. Well, when I fight somebody else, in a sense, I'm beating myself up because you've they're chosen very to... often bigger than me. Right. You're the Steve Rogers before in yeah. Captain America to some extent. Yes. And uh, and you're like you keep getting up, and you're like stop getting up. I'm the Hulk. Oh, and, oh, that's right. He's I up. don't know when I'm going to turn into the Hulk, and I generally regret it when I turn back into my naked self. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Spare and pants. My book is a town. lot about it. I, some that's stories right. You have a book. book. What's the yeah. name of the book? Dear Mrs. Fitzsimmons, Tales of Redemption from an Irish Mailbox. And All it's right. about being raised Bronx, Irish Catholic family where uh, anger and uh, bucking authority is sort of uh, it's rewarded. It's funny and it's good and right. so you just grow up challenging everybody all the time and so there's you know there's stories in there about basically how it was always my father you know i think most people that have a problem with authority um had a problem with a parent you know because they're they're it they're in charge of you and they decide whether you live or die and you rely on them and when they hit you or are mean to you it's a it's a really it creates a lot of anger that will stay with you for the rest of your life right and then you just want to sort of hit back in the world yes but i have a rule because i i tend to lose it in a retail situation i tend to lose it every 18 months and I, it's all because i've been bleeding it off what happens is, is i uh, i lose it uh somebody somebody says something and then i um get furious and i 
I've told this story before. Whatever. Last time it happened that I'm willing to talk about, sure. Because uh, what I also like is no witness. I like I like to not do it around my husband or any mm. friends. Yeah. Oh, I think I just had one with Maria Bamford where I, yes, yes, I did. I threatened to jump out of a cab. Excellent. Very mature. It's all working out for me uh, as I go along in life. Anyway, uh, it happened about a month ago. But um, You take taxis in Los Angeles? No, no. I believe we were in Michigan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Crickets are here. Thank God. I was wondering when they'd show up. <laughs> that does uh, that does calm. See, when you start talking about rage, crickets show up. Yes. People get a little. How's it going up there? Anyway, so but he, but here's the rule. What you have to do is you have to apologize. That's my thing. Is I have a rule that when I lose it in a, in a, in public against some stranger, I have to apologize. And I don't want to. So it usually seventy percent of the time it stops me from losing my temper because I don't want to fucking apologize to you because you're an asshole. So uh, I lose it. And then I have to go back, and uh, the guy at the liquor store is, uh, it turns out, he's on, br- on break at Quiznos. And so I have to wait 15 minutes for him to come back, because I threw a $5 bill in his face and told him to fuck off. And, uh, but yeah. you commit to waiting for him to come back. Yes. But then do you get angry that he's taking such a long break? No. No, because he comes back. Because it could be back. a never-ending cycle. Well, what happens is, because here's what happens when you go back and apologize. First of all, no one's surprised. No one is surprised that you're apologizing because they deserve an apology. And uh, so I come back and I was like, because he saw me and he's like, hey, do you want your $5 back? And I said, no, I'm here to apologize for being a jackass. You didn't deserve uh, that. And uh, I'm sorry for ruining your day. And he goes, it's all right. Fine. I accept your apology. He didn't say it's all right. He just said, good. All right. And then he goes, well, I bought uh, lottery tickets with the $5. If you leave your number, if we win, I'll split it with you. Wow. So it, there ends up be, not always that. but You like didn't I, leave the number, did you? I did. <laughs> Dummy. What? <laughs> he nothing. was mad at you, and he was going to call right, you no, in the middle of the night. Right, nothing happened, it turns out. I, and then I lived. Because I would That's do that. I would be like, you know stories. what? I, I accept your apology. Give me your uh, home address. I want to send you a gift. <laughs> You are so gullible. You not only have an anger problem, you're gullible. Right. But the thing is, is it, the anger problem is dealt with more and more. Like I one time at a, at a gas station grabbed a woman. I grabbed her physically because she skipped in front of me. And she looked at me. And luckily, she was a bus driver. And so she had dealt with crazy before. And she said, you're not going to hit me. And looked directly into my eyes. And I went, of course I'm not going to hit you. I'm sorry. Pardon me. And then we had to stand there for five minutes and pump gas next to each other. It was really, really another great story. The annals of uh, Cation maturity. I'm still looking for mistakes to make, though, Fitz. Well, that 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 keeps me young. That's the best, though, when you've you've fucked up and now you need to be in the proximity of this person for a while. Right. And a friend of mine just told me, who lives in, in Atlanta... That he he's a drunk and I've I've known him. I quit drinking a long time ago, but we were drinking buddies and he's still drinking. And so he's driving home from a bar one night. <laughs> cuts the guy off because the guy cut him off. He's drunk. And so he cuts the guy off while he's drunk, and then the guy cuts Comes him back. off and then uh, Dudley goes to cut the guy off. And crashes into a light post, and the guy crashes into the back of my friend's car. And my friend then drove away from the accident, uh, 
five houses up to his driveway where he pulled into his garage. Oh, okay. Followed eight seconds later by the guy. And the who, police. Not, no. Oh. Guy just pulled in and Dudley just, I just said his name. You That's can say fine. it. Fuck it. He knows he's a drunk. <laughs> and he said to the guy, uh, all right, how much money is this going to take? Because the police come. They're both yeah. drunk. They're both drunk. And the guy says, you know, 400 bucks. And so Dudley goes... Uh, that seems like a deal. He goes, okay. Really does. So he says there's an ATM down the street, and they had to walk together to the ATM. <laughs> so he could take up the money and hand it to him. Have you ever had a situation like that? Like, when, when you lose it, do you apologize, or do you just go, fine, and storm off in a huff I, and then I go work I, out? I wish I could say that I do what you do, because that sounds very mature. Well, it... it, it it's a conscious decision. It's sort of like not stealing stand-up comedy. I mean, I... But I, you're conscious, though, when you're angry still, which I lack. I can't, get, I can't get back to thinking straight. When I'm like that, I just... Everything is stupid, and then it's proud, and then, uh, I, then the next day I might right. uh, apologize. I've, I have driven home and then had to get back in my car and go back to the Ralphs and apologize to the bag boy I whipped a green pepper at. <laughs> Hi! Wow. Thanks for playing. That was yeah. hours later. Yeah. Hours later, I had to call. I drove home. Drove home. Parked. Parked. Walked into the house. Unloaded my groceries. Looked myself. Not in the mirror. Oh, no. Didn't go into the mirror or anything, but look inside my brain box uh, to the committee meeting that was being held uh, while uh, the committee uh, had come to the decision that I was an asshole. And uh, they were like, why don't you get back in your car like a grown-up and go find that dude? And it took me like 10 minutes to find him. Wow. But I did it, and he was like... That was like an hour or two. What? I've, Nineteen people have been rude to me since. I'm, but okay, yeah. fine, whatever. Yeah. But the thing is, is I swear to God, the relief of doing it is worthwhile. I would, yeah. I would recommend you do whatever you need to do, Greg Fitzsimmons. No, no, I'm an apologizer. There was a comic that I was bad mouthing for years. Dudley. Well, that's why I doesn't do stand up. <laughs> but you know how like there's somebody that you always maybe when you're coming up you're real competitive and you like really get angry when they do well because yeah. you think Bill that they're Maher. hacky or whatever. That's your yeah, you, yeah my, uh, this was my Bill Maher. <laughs> and so uh I eventually called the guy on the phone just out of the blue and it wasn't like, you know, he knew I was doing it that much. I think it had definitely gotten back to him. I knew that, but not as much as I had been bad-mouthing him. And oh I called him up and I said, you know what? I really, I've been talking bad about you for a while. And I'm just calling to say that it was a douchey thing. I've kind of, I'd been going to therapy and I said, <clears throat> it was a long story why, but it had to do with my father. He represented something to me. Right. And so I apologized and I laid that all out for him. And he goes, if we talk about accepting an apology, he goes, uh, really? Well, can you make some phone calls to anyone you might have uh, said stuff? Will you start, you know, calling people and telling them? Like, will you call uh, Howard Stern? And I was like, well, I didn't say anything to Howard Stern. Yeah, but would you call Would you call Howard Stern for me? <laughs> wow, that guy. And I was like, okay, I got to roll. Yeah. Apology done. Yeah. That guy was trying to make some lemonade. A little lemonade. Uh, so tell me, uh, <laughs> but have, I mean, the thing is, is was this pre-internet that you did this? Where, no, it's pre and post internet. Okay, I still you do it. I apologize. Now I do it again. Okay. Oh, fair enough. Because you might want to post a thing that's like, yeah, that, I don't like that guy's comedy, but uh, I really shouldn't care, right? Yeah, I, I think I think it just comes down to like uh, realizing that if somebody really makes you angry, that it 
probably has to do with you and not them. Like, say, in the same way that, like, when I'm I... I'm going to say not even probably. Yeah. I'm going to say it's all going on in your brain box, brother. Yeah. When somebody cuts me off, I just feel like... Ooh, do you chase? I you ever chase people in your car? I huh? ran somebody off the uh, New Jersey turnpike. Sweet. With my wife in the passenger seat. We'd only been dating Charming. for, like, six months. And she married you. <laughs> awesome. That's when I knew that she was fucked up. She was the one. Did you know that she was the one? I did the second I met her. I told her friend the night I met her, I said, I'm going to marry your friend someday. The last person I chased in my car was an old woman. Because <laughs> you know what happened? Wait a minute. This was about them. my rage. You're fucking way crazier than I am. I was probably 10 years ago. I caught wow. her. Caught her. Yeah. So she's dead now. No. No, because here's what happens when you, catch an, uh, you, when you chase an old woman. You catch her. Yeah. And then you get out of your car and you start screaming at her. And then she sits in her locked vehicle. And, and when you take a breath, she goes, why don't you get some help? And then you think to yourself, why don't I get some help? <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. That's how, that's how Jackie Gajan rolls. Turns out I can be suggested to, is what happens. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Jackie Cajun. As a woman with a, yes. with a hot temper and a big mouth, right? have you ever drawn a fight upon a male, say your husband? Like, in other words, like I, oh. I stayed a Puerto Rican girl and in New York. Fucking, they will start fights that you but have it, to... It, 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 because if you... If she mouths off to a guy, he wants to hit her, but he can't. So he's like, who are you with? I need to hit him. Right, right. That would happen. Have you ever put somebody in that? No. First of all, you should know that prior to my current relationship, I only had unrequited love. Does that mean masturbation? Yep. That's exactly what that means, my friend. And what it is is you eventually realize that, oh, that guy's never going to date you. And then it turns into a regular kind of breakup where there's crying and you listen to music. So it's lovely. It's it quite nice. Break up for something that wasn't never broken because it never happened. Never happened. But you know what? And you look back on it and you're like, oh, yeah, that guy was fucked up anyway. So that was probably, that guy's broken. That's why. Because the thing is, is what I would do is I would have crushes on like the most genius comics in the world hoping, I don't know, to sleep with them. I know yourself, obviously. But the thing is, is hoping to get some of it on you. You know, that's a, yeah. it's gross. Guy comics never have crushes on, on genius women comics. Not true. Oh, yeah? Huge. Prove me wrong. Maria Bamford. Huge crush on Maria Bamford. No reason not to. Right? Except the fact that she's eight feet away right now. <laughs> Did you guys know that? Maria Bamford's going to be going up? Yeah, baby! No, I do. I, I've always had a crush on her. Um, and uh, who is, who's the other woman I always had a crush on? Uh, there's a few female comics that I had crushes. crush on. I dated one for three years. Did you? Yes. And, and uh, she was funny? She was funny. Excellent, because most of the male comics I know dated uh, shitty women comics. But, and that, that, what's up? There's a lot of silence, a lot of nodding from you. But there was Here's, one. But I, okay, go ahead. There's been a few that were talented that I really liked a lot. Were and, they authentic? Uh, absolutely. Excellent. Yeah, I was not, I'm not a Sarah Silverman guy. A lot of male comics, crazy for Sarah Silverman. She, maybe because I've known her since I started, and she's right. just a, you know. She's just a friend. She's a friend. So it didn't, didn't happen for you. But uh, there's others that I, I found. You know who I really, you're not going to believe this, Judy Gold. I used to have a crush on Judy Gold. All right. I had, I had a crush on Steve Landisberg when I was a child. Wow. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep. And Walter, Walter Matthau. I was the oldest nine-year-old in the world. 
You know what I wanted? I wanted to get with a seriously old, dry Jewish dude. That's a daddy complex, though. That's not a crush. It's a... Were they daddy... My father Walter Matthau? (laughs) That's a grandfather complex. That's... Yeah. I mean, that's not Not even a good grandfather. Like a sloppy, you know... Like a creepy old grandfather. Yeah. Except for that he was the funniest guy in the world. Bad News Bears, man? Are you kidding me? Hey, I'm not knocking the guy's talent. I mean, Jesus Christ. All of his movies in the 60s. Yeah, the odd couple, all that stuff with rock. It was it, there was some good work was being done. His entire career, people look into it. We're, and but uh, we're not talking about that. We're talking about you as a sweet little girl right. having a crush on that. It's That's true. Really, I mean, the old lady should have told you to get help when she saw that. <laughs> it's yeah. I've never been. I've, I've never been good with men. I, I have. I have two. I have four older brothers and a dad, and I've never really known who to have a crush on until I met my husband. Uh, through the interwebs because it was a drop-down menu option. <laughs> Did your father hit you? My father never hit us. You looked away and up when you said that. Is that, is a, that a lie? That's a huge uh, tell. No, no, he is a, a very abusive, but not not physically. It was all emotional. Yeah, it was my yeah. father would say things Same like. Same thing. It really is. Uh, dictatorships keep people busy. Prove me wrong. <laughs> he would pick fights with us like a crazy man. Oh, I thought it was some metaphor for your relationship. Oh, no, oh. no, no, seriously. He would just put ideas yeah. out there. Black people, Chinese, Mexican, he would pick a race and then go, they're idiots. Why might I be incorrect? So you were in the position of having to defend the correct. The liberal side. And then my brothers, when he would do it to my Although brothers. Although the dictatorship, just to back up, he had something there. <laughs> he always had Prove something. Prove me wrong. Exactly. I mean, let's play. Let's role play. Here's let's go back in time. How old were you when the dictatorship question happens? Well, he couldn't do it under the age of twelve because then you would just cry. Uh, so it had so it was 12, twelve and a half. And above. He hit you with the dictator thing. All right, twelve. Let's and above. do it right now. Jackie Cation. Right. I believe yep. that dictatorships are the most efficient way efficient way to run a country. Prove me wrong. Here's here's what I would do with my father when he would say that. Jackie, Jackie, where are you going? Finish your goddamn peas. No, I want I you leave, to work this out. I here's want what you happened. to. I would no, leave, I would stop leave the room it. And you're, then you're he deflecting. started doing it in the car. You tell me right now. That's Jackie, what he would do. Because this is the one that sticks out in your mind. That wasn't random that you said the dictatorship. No, no, that's it's a been bit I'm your, working on. You, no, it's a bit I'm working on. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be hilarious one day, people. It's going to have punchlines. It's going to be sweet. Defend. The my dictatorships father, are not the best. Oh, no. Here's the thing about my father is that there's always a grain of truth. Yeah. And, and one of my brothers started agreeing with him, and my dad would be like, you're not playing it right. Yeah. And he'd get all mad. That's like in those movies when the woman's being raped and she pretends she's into it. <laughs> wow, there's a porn stack that I never never saw. You never saw those movies? No, no. <laughs> No, no, it turns out. It's, no, a, it's a classic technique. They say when a man is not in the act of, like, raping you, but about to rape you, oh, you act about- like... You no, act no, like you're not... No, no, that thing? No, don't say no, no, no. Say, you got... You, you man enough? Yeah. Let's see what you got. Come on, now. This is a crazy romance novel genre I have never been into. Shades I don't know about that one. of... 
50 great cats? You've never heard of that technique? I have not heard of it. Now I sound creepy. Raise your hand if you've heard of this technique. Several of the women and one gentleman in a a (laughs) newspaper cap. uh, That's that's Zach's car, friend of the show. Anyway, so uh, here's the scoop. I, I do think that I'm just, I've never been, I've never been good with men, so I don't know what my father issues are, quite honestly. And so I don't pick fights with my husband because um, we have very much a roommate with benefits kind of situation going on. That's our relationship. Really? Yeah, it's awesome. Roommate with benefits. Yeah, because he, uh, he said, uh, this is a true story, and I tell it on stage, but it's, uh, he said to me when we were three or four months into dating, um, it's kind of great that you never really had a boyfriend because you have no expectations of me. Yeah. And I said, I have expectations of you. And he goes, what are your expectations of me? And I said, I expect you to be nice and polite, and I expect that if we ever live together that you will keep the common areas clean and that you will do your half of the chores. And he said, yeah, those are roommates expectations. Those are not boyfriend expectations. And I said, well, what are boyfriend expectations? And he said, you don't need to know. He said, you don't need to know. I don't need to know. And then you said, I want to know. And he said, no, I never. Prove me wrong. No. I said, okay. Wow. I said, all right, I'm going to go make a chicken is what I said. Cause I like to do that. That's Here's what I, I love enjoy. about you. And there's many things I love about you. Oh, that's, nice. I really do. Is that you have all this anger, but most people that have all that anger, you you can they act pleasant, but you can feel it underneath the surface. That like you, they oh, make you, you uncomfortable. <laughs> no, no, but you okay. never give. I've never picked up that vibe from you. Most people that are really angry, they have to pretend because they nobody they're they're afraid people will see that who they really are underneath. Okay, but yet so they're sublimating it, and then it leaks out. The, the, the hate leaks out and it makes you really uncomfortable. Uh, like being around like a glass jar that has rage kind of emanating from it kind of thing? Yeah, yeah like a woman like, at oh, Starbucks a with a yoga mat under her arm. <laughs> like yes. she's just had a namaste thing, but you, she will fucking rip your throat out if you yeah, try to cut the line. Yeah, don't cut the line. Well, you yeah. know. Well, I think it's because, uh, yeah, because I have, um, and, and part of it is that I am the youngest of six. And you do not, I have been bossed around by everyone. Mm. And, and when you are the youngest, you cannot boss back up. Mm. All you can do is judge. And that's what I do. I do some judging. I judge up. Interesting. Yeah. Judge up. Is that uh-huh. going to be your book? That's not a bad book. I don't mind that. Judge up. Judge up. I don't know. It's a, it doesn't have the word naked in it. How's it going to sell? Isn't that amazing? Uh, comics are writing books these days, aren't they? What's Dave Hill's book? Uh, the Naked Something. No, I think it's... Uh... There's the word naked. Nudity, something oh, nudity. nudity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Naked lunch? Uh, no, it's, um, I think it is uh, Tasteful Nudes or something. Dave tasteful Hill. Tasteful Nudes. Yeah, taste. Let's plug Dave Hill, stand-up comedian from New York. And, if you go uh, to his website, DaveHill.com. <laughs> uh, GregFitzsimmons.com. So where, where can people see you do stand-up comedy this summer? Well, I got a nice little, uh, I'm doing a one-hour special in August. So I'm Comedy be, Central? Uh, Showtime? You HBO? don't know. You don't know at this point. The fine Bravo. people at New Wave Entertainment have uh, been stupid enough to put a bunch of money behind a special. I imagine... Are you going to do that internet thing like Louis C.K.? Or? Eventually. Okay. I mean, first you sell it on TV and then you put it on Netflix and wherever else. Oh, okay. So you're not doing the Louis C.K. thing. He went right to the people. I Did you remember that? Louis remember C.K. That? Very few people, a few people have done that. Aziz did it and I think Jim Gaffigan. Yep. You've got to really have a giant... 
faithful. Yeah, no, no. I just mean they play theaters of five thousand people, right? And that's the kind of following you need to 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 get away with that. I I can get away with like burning them and selling them in an alley. <laughs> After a show, and then the EPA shows up. They're like, "What are you doing?" Yes. Well, yes. I have. Um, so I've got four weeks of work coming up. I'm going to be in San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, and Phoenix and Philadelphia. Five weeks coming up between now and you're playing uh, Phoenix, huh? July. Sun yeah, City, I heard Sun nice. City. Yeah, I heard it's nice, huh? Yeah. You've been there. It's, it's nice. I, I haven't gone since they legalized apartheid, so it's fine. So you do whatever you need to do. But is it called Sun City? No, remember, uh, I don't know if you're I remember Sun City you remember in uh, Sun City. South Africa. You remember apartheid? I've been to Sun City. You remember the Cougaron, don't you? I, I've got several. You do not have a yes, Cougaron. Yes, I have Cougarons. You know I've what a Cougaron South, is? I've been to I South Africa twice, and one of the times I went to Sun City. It's a beautiful wow. place. It's legal now. It is legal to go to Sun City now. It's not wrong to go to Sun City. Sun City. Right. Phoenix. Phoenix. You don't want to go to Phoenix. I don't know how. Tucson. Fun, how did you bring Phoenix? What are you doing? Word association? <laughs> that was a huge stretch to get it's a, there. It's a, a word test. But South Africa is this country that, uh, that there's no rules at all. Like, we have so many rules here about when you can park. And, you know, if you go to a pool, there's, like, lifeguards everywhere and a list of rules. And over there, Sun City has a wave pool. You know those fake wave yeah. pools? Yeah. That cranks out like 12 footers and there's like kids in fucking floaty devices being flipped in the air no lifeguard just lunatic screaming beer open contain no you can drive anywhere park anywhere glass wow what does glass come into it well because you don't know how to open glass containers yes. at a pool no that would be crazy safety mouse would not enjoy that even <laughs> even the south africans they draw the line at the glass yeah. container it's, uh, it does sound like a bit of a free-for-all over yeah there. but it's fun because i'd love you, to go there you you should go over there stand-up comedy over there now i haven't done that but from what i understand there's uh did you just go on uh your vacation i remember you used to do a bit about your vacation tours it was one of my it was a great bit about uh about how you used to like to vacation wherever the dollar was strong yes yeah, that's uh, that's good times. Find it, find it. Uh, bad. You should bring your son to Bangladesh. I bet you the dollar's strong against Bangladesh. We just went to Mexico and we got fucked. <laughs> Mexicans, the, 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 man, their dollar like. is shit against the uh, Mexican peso. It was, the peso strong. Very strong. Left side, strong side. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. That's a Friday Night Lights reference, I think. Anyway, um, so I don't know. It is word association to some extent. Sorry I like that. it. All right, okay. let's do word association. <laughs> I'm going right, to say a sentence. I'm going to no. I want to. I want to pretend you're interviewing me, and I give. <laughs> Why no, I didn't mean that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I want to pretend that this is actually a broadcast. <laughs> Pretend that you didn't just trick me to come here so Jackie could tell me stories. That's exactly what my podcast yeah. is. I want to I I wanna do a free association with you because I feel like there's shit down there that needs to come out. <laughs> you don't want to lose the other man. You don't want to do it. The stranger. That's the thing the that's other scary. Guy. The stranger for you would be really strange because you already admit to a bunch of shit. Right, right. There's but I'm, worse I'm, stuff down there. You think that you want to muck around? You, have you ever heard Marin talk about the, he loves to go out with a woman, find the daddy box, and then fucking open it? And you're like, don't fucking touch the daddy box. What the, what, you, you out of your tiny lizard mind? What the fuck? Anyway, but the yeah. The segment is called the daddy box. <laughs> okay, you ready? All right. Alone. Short. <laughs> you just Fire. Ranger. 
punch. <laughs> Front. <laughs> I don't know. Late show. Oh. Yeah, I want to get up. <laughs> That's the sickest thing you've said in the <laughs> Now I know you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I always got an emergency set list, man. It's in my backpack, just in case somebody needs me to do stand-up, just on a whim. You got one? Emergency set list? That's a man. That, that's a comic, always. ladies and gentlemen. I've always got my that's set it. list in my back Who pocket. doesn't love an emergency set? Oh, this is awesome. Because this is stuff you're working on, right? This is all stuff I'm working on. That's the stuff you're working on. Working so. on the uh, fountain. The fountain bit? How about this Sure. One? That's my new favorite new bit. The camel toe? Yep. That's your favorite bit? I got one be. called the Legionnaire. Do you? Nope. Uh, <laughs> in the Decemberist song, uh, The Legionnaire, uh, there's a reference to a camel. That's where I went. Hi. Welcome to the path of that. And, uh, I went John F. Kennedy. Had oh, Legionnaire's disease. Oh, did he? I believe so. Right? Oh, wow. All right. Hey, you guys. Did uh, The next one. Now, what's the one that's bad oh. for your back? <laughs> no, it's spinal bifida. Now, there's a... You sure? What's Legionnaire's? I think he had it. I think he had it. Addison's. Not he had Addison's. I Good work, it. Zach. Good work. Well done. Which is fucked up because isn't Addison near Dallas and that's where he was killed? Wow. It's blowing my mind, brother. It was going to kill him one way or the other. I'm telling you, I'm trying. Should have stayed in Fort Worth. Are you a bit of a Kennedy dork? Do you love I Kennedy? I am. I love Kennedy. Do you? Yeah, I you read know, all the books. An, there's an entire episode with Laurie Kilmartin and Kathleen Madigan getting drunk talking about uh, the Kennedys. And I tried to get them to talk about anything else, and Laurie Kilmartin said my favorite thing. You said we could talk about the Kennedys for an hour, <laughs> which was an awesome dork for us. Oh, my, I, I want to sit with them. I want to talk. I you, just finished another biography of him last week. Madigan's always on the road. I might have you on with uh, Laurie Kilmartin. I would ne- love it. Next, uh, next month, the live episode uh, is with um, Michelle McNamara of truecrime.net. She's married to uh, Patton Oswalt. And she lovely loves true crime. Like a cr- she, There's episode 50. And I was going to have her with Ed Brubaker, who writes noir. And, um, and now he can't do it. But it's going to be Michelle McNamara. This is a great story. I'm going to tell it again. But again and again. It's not happening. But Bill Willingham's going to be on my live uh, uh, podcast in Minneapolis in July uh, at the Convergence. I'm doing a live podcast at the Convergence in, in Minneapolis, July 5th and 6th with Bill Willingham. Convergence. What is Convergence? It's a, it's a, it's a fan convention that uh, is having me do stand-up in a live dork forest with Bill wow. Willingham. Do you know who Bill Willingham is? Of course I do. <laughs> he was in the Willingham Six. Great Motown group. Yeah, Motown and political. He actually wrote fables. He he was one of the. He, you know, he wrote. He wrote he, back in the day. He wrote porny comic books and uh, and then like he an, stopped. Like an R. Crumb kind of a guy. Uh, I don't know. I never saw him, even though uh, Andy has some. My husband has some because um, some guy got married, and it, when they got married, his wife said he had to get rid of all of his porn. Which I find to be uh, unenforceable, by the way. I don't know how you can bossy magoo somebody and say, we're getting married, you got to get rid of all your porn. And then... Uh, Wait, I mean, talk about creating more of a desire for it. For porn, ever. And so he, got, he sold all of his porn oh. on eBay and then gave Andy his... Uh, and I was like, well, why does Andy get it? Why do I now have fucking porn in my house? But it's fine, do whatever you need to do. He's, he sold... And then he gave the comic books to Andy. Here, what... 
I just really have a this, problem. This with got uncomfortable. Yeah. We're gonna. Right. I, I think that the porn thing is really, uh, you know, it's a problem. You know, what's wrong with it? You know, if as long as people are consenting, it's a horrible thing that it exists. But uh, it's going to be out there, and if you try to force people to not watch, oh it, yeah. Like, I don't watch it, but I don't watch it because I am 107 years old, and when I watch it, I just keep yelling at the television, call your mother. Just call your mom. Just call her. Yeah. See what she's doing. I'd love, she'd, she'd probably love to hear it from you. That should be your show, a reality show called <laughs> Call Your Mother. You go to porn sets, and you, you say to them, I will give you $10,000 right now to call your mother and apologize. And the Christian Wright funds the project. <laughs> <laughs> because that's who that's who's got my back, the Christian right. Well, they they hate porn more than your friend's wife. Well, they hate they they do they do hate porn a lot, but then they're all secretly watching porn, right? Yes. Because they're because the, I don't I don't enjoy the hypocrisy. Like I'm not above the Jesus. I got me some Jesus, right? I have some Jesus. Right. You got the nice Jesus, right? The Jesus says, "Hey, stop doing that, and why don't you be a decent human being?" I got the John Lennon Jesus. Is that a I, I got uh, I got Jefferson. You got the Jefferson Jesus? I got the Jesus. Yeah, the Jefferson Jesus. It's nice. He dates black women. <laughs> and, and he was a black at the man. Same time. No, I know. But, you know, you render under Caesar. Hey, the Bible really? had a lot of slaves. No shortage of slaves in that Bible. Huh? In the commandments. This is deteriorated into something crazy. All right, let's talk about uh, powdering my balls. All right, we got six minutes. Talk All right, to me I just about, powdered my balls it, recently. And was and it awesome? Was it, it was awesome and, and yet unaffected because uh, most of it just uh, lands on the ground when you're done. And then you got to sweep up powder. No, not even that. Then, then there's just two footprints with powder in between them. And you're everybody a terrible knows roommate. I would. That's why my <laughs> wife, is, uh, she wants us to be married. She doesn't want to do the whole roommate thing. I would right. fail. Well, we're married. We jumped over the broomstick and everything. We, I mean, we shacked up before, did the devil's work, right? Yeah. But then, uh, then we got married at the Chinese restaurant downtown. And what was million. your, if you had, if you, if there was a porn that had to be gotten rid of, what was your uh, demand getting married? Oh, what did? I, oh, his ex-girlfriend. Here's the crazy thing. She's a perfectly nice woman, right? But and she is now married and has her own child and whatever. But here's the weird thing. I am such a jackass. I never recognize her. Whenever we run into each other, I'm always like, "Hey, I'm Jackie." And she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> and then she turns her and I go, "Oh, that's right. You're that woman who doesn't like me." But don't you realize the genius of that? If anybody else wanted to fuck with their yeah. significant other's ex, Pretend you don't recognize them each time. <laughs> right, I suppose. It just turns out I am naturally a jackass and uh, self-absorbed and don't recognize people. a genius. People and a genius. It's true. Greg Fitzsimmons, thank you for doing the dork for us. Jackie, I've been looking forward to it. Thank you very much for having me on. And we're going to shake hands. Thanks for coming out, you guys. Woo! My hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance, then it sounds like a Mexican hat dance. It's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?